welcome to Limitless Yvonne the Podcast. I'm your host Yvonne Sharma, or otherwise known as Ivan. I get very inspired when it comes to helping others by providing tips and advices through my experience in life. I hope to motivate others to help provide a framework to a limitless mindset. Tune in once a week every Friday where I share my insights on personal development while occasionally bringing on some guests to talk about their experiences in life in hopes to provide tips to take away on your journey to a limitless mindset. Welcome to episode 22. I'm here with Mike. Uh, He was my former mentor and he's been in contact with me ever since. Mike, Mike Nicola currently serves as the Assistant Vice Provost and Student Ombuds at North Carolina State University. He has previously served as Associate Vice Provost for Student Leadership and Engagement and Director for the Center for Student Leadership, Ethics and Public Service. Mike has been teaching and giving keynote addresses on leadership, civic engagement, international development, nonprofit leadership, social responsibility for over 30 years, and has taught thousands from all over the world while traveling to 25 countries to develop service learning partnerships focused on hunger policy, healthcare, education, substandard housing water quality, sanitation, interfaith dialogue, gender and environmental issues, and civil rights. Mike graduated from John Carroll University in industrial organizational psychology and earned a bachelor in higher education and administration from Kent State University. He serves as the chair board for Together We Can Inc. and has been a member of national faculty for the Leadership Institute for over 20 years. He has been an active volunteer with Rise Against Hunger. He has been an active volunteer with Rise Against Hunger and served as the past president of Rotary Club of West Regal. His active Rotary International Youth Exchange Program as the inbound coordinator for foreign exchange students. Mike believes anyone can be a leader if they understand their values and the influences these values have in their leadership vision. His career and leadership experiences rooted in the idea there are no limits. What can be accomplished when people work together on a shared vision with little regard for who gets the credit. He enjoys traveling, serving the community, coaching youth sports, including wrestling, soccer, and volleyball, and cites his most important leadership roles as being a husband to his wife, Jennifer, and father to his two children, Megan and Sam. Welcome. Welcome to my show, Mike. Thank you, Ivan. I appreciate you having me on. Let's just talk about how whatever, how it started. Let's talk about how it started for you. Let's go down memory lane. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah it's an interesting uh, question, and, and I guess I would say that I come from a, a hardworking blue collar family 
from just outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, that shaped a lot of uh, how I was raised and a lot of the ways I look at the world today. Um, <clears throat> my parents were both very, very supportive and worked very hard to provide opportunities for my brother and I. And um, I was a first-generation college student, so the opportunity to go to college was a new experience for, for me and for my family. Um, although I have to say that my mom was actually going back to school with me at the same time. So we graduated from college about the same time. How's that experience working, studying and getting that degree alongside your mom? How was that experience for you? I think for a lot of first-generation college students, <clears throat> you just don't know what you don't know. And, um, you know, I'm thankful that my mom and my dad, but mostly my mom helped navigate that, uh, that process of what it was like to go to college. And, and uh, we kind of made things up along the way. Uh, there wasn't as many support systems as there are today, thankfully, for first generation college students. So we had to just kind of navigate that. And, and knowing that she was there alongside me was, was very helpful. We, we didn't go to the same school. Um, she was studying to be a nurse, but it was uh, a good opportunity for us to kind of have that experience together. How did you get, how did, what inspired you get to get into psycho, psychology? Yeah, I think like most people, I didn't initially know what I wanted to do um, when I was leaving high school and going into college. Um, but pretty quickly, I started to realize that the things that I enjoyed and where I had some talent was working with other people and really understanding um, other people. And, and so psychology became a natural for me to study. Although after about the first year, I had been uh, told by a lot of people that if I studied psychology, that I would have to get a PhD and become a clinical psychologist and listen to people's problems all day. And at 17 and 18, that was not a, a career goal that I was really interested yeah. in. And so I took on the, the industrial organizational psychology, and that was a really good <clears throat> fit for me. It was the intersection of psychology, management, and communication. And uh, all of those were, were really good subjects. But Ironically enough, Ivan, now here towards the, the latter part of my career, uh, what I do is sit around and listen to people's problems all day. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to come full circle in that regard. Oh, in your psychology career? Yeah, as, as the ombuds at the university, um, a big part of the work that I do now is working with students, helping them navigate their time at the university. Um, I provide a confidential space for them to discuss any issue that's important to them. Um, What's the ombuds? Do you mind explaining that? Yeah, the term is ombuds, or, or sometimes it's used as ombuds person or ombuds men. There's nothing about the work that I do that is specific to my gender, and that's why I drop off the men and just use the word ombuds. But again, basically, I'm a navigator to help students you know, work through any academic, personal, interpersonal, financial issues they may be having so that they can uh, maximize their potential and, and ultimately work towards graduation. And when it came to choosing a university, did you choose John Carroll because it's one of like a faith-based university or what made you want to go into that university? Yeah, it's interesting. I, again, I think like most people coming out of high school, I didn't really know too much about the opportunities that were in front of me. Um, I was prepared to go to the University of Pittsburgh, which is a good institution. Um, I had been wrestling since I was in the first grade. 
and was fortunate to have some success towards the, the latter part of my high school career. And so I was recruited to wrestle at John Carroll, and that's ultimately what caused me to take a look at the school. So I didn't really set out to be um, attend a, a Jesuit Catholic school, but I'm very thankful for the opportunity to do that. I got a really wonderful education there. How was the experience being in the wrestling team and being recruited by the university and playing for them as well as taking the degree and stuff? How was that experience, student life? experience over there for you? I think one of the things that's interesting um, is that you never know where opportunities will come in life. And so while I was recruited for wrestling, um, I ultimately didn't end up wrestling at that institution. Um, uh, I, I, had, I had been cutting a lot of weight to be able to make the weight that I was wrestling in high school. And by the time I got to college, I had another bit of a growth spurt over the summer and was much larger than necessarily the weight they were recruiting me for. And so it opened up the door for me to get to John Carroll, but um, wasn't ultimately part of my experience there. But again, I think um, opportunities come our way and, and we have to seize those opportunities. And so that was the gateway into the institution. And, and like I said, I'm very fortunate to have, have studied there. That's awesome. And then what, how, when did you want it to get involved with the NGOs, like some of the ones we talked about in your introduction? Yeah, I'd always been involved in volunteerism and service. I was in the Boy Scouts when I was a youth, and I think that impressed upon me the importance of service. And, um, but as I, as I got into my later, or kind of uh, graduate school and, and into my professional career, it was important to me to be engaged in the community, both locally and also internationally. Um, and the opportunities to, to travel and experience different cultures and connect students around this idea of being a civically engaged person um, is something that's really important to me. And so that's through that work is where a lot of the nonprofit partnerships have come in and opportunities to, to be of service and just kind of work in partnership. So it's been a big part of my adult life and something that I value and I learn a lot from and feel like it's part of my responsibility to give back. I feel like the Rotary International Youth Program you're engaged with, I think that's really interesting. So what do you guys really do there? Like, get, how does that work? Yeah, Rotary International is, a, is an international service organization it's focused on international peace and understanding. And one way that we promote peace is by learning about and engaging with people of different cultures. And so we have a variety of programs, but the, the one that you referenced, the Youth Exchange, is an opportunity for, in most cases, 11th graders, there's some variety to that, can, can travel to a different country to spend their 11th grade year with a, a series of, of host families to really learn about that culture and be an ambassador of their own culture. And so I work with students that come to North Carolina, help them get placed into schools and with host families, and then our Rotary Club support them through activities and travel. And, and then of course we send our um, students here in North Carolina to different countries around the world. So it's a great program to really expand our understanding of the world and how it is that we can work in partnership and, and really just learn more about different cultures. I think once you've had that opportunity, your worldview changes and the ways maybe in which you think about the world and your place in the world can change. So we're real passionate about providing students those opportunities at a young age. 
what was your experience going to different countries and having these connections and building these foundations, their learning and their in infrastructures and like however you guys help? How was that experience for you? Yeah, I think you're probably referencing a lot of the work that, that we do at NC State University and connecting students to different um, communities around the world and primarily through service learning partnerships and whether that be hunger or um, water quality and sanitation or affordable housing, you know, variety of topics. But it's a reminder that again, as we engage with the world, we learn um, just as much as we give. And so we're, we're not there to solve people's problems or to tell them what to do as much as we're there to develop community. Um, and in, in those community relationships, we become more aware of ways in which we might be able to serve one another. And, and so the communities serve us and providing opportunities for our students to learn. And sometimes we can help connect resources and or other areas of expertise from the university um, based on needs that that community has. So I've had opportunities to travel to over 25 countries and it's really shaped uh, the way in which I view the world and also my kind of role in that. Um, I just, I'm really fascinated by different cultures and learning as much as I can. I'm a very curious person. And um, so travel has been a way to kind of satisfy that appetite to learn and to be able to do that alongside the students at NC State has been a real, uh, a big part of my career. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what leadership is and how has that impacted you in your life? Yeah, leadership's a wonderful organization. And um, I know there are folks out there that listen to Ivan's podcast uh, each and every week. And I think that's wonderful. And we're really proud of Ivan because he's one of the graduates of the program. Um, but leadership provides a series of, of programs, um, many of which are either four days or six days, but there are some one day programs too. But it's an organization that really focuses on what it is to be a leader with integrity and thinking about big, bold visions and ways in which we can provide leadership to communities or organizations or causes that we're passionate about. Um, and so it gives us a framework to think about leadership um, that's deeply rooted in integrity and deeply rooted in understanding our values. And with those values, then how do we use that to shape uh, the ways in which we spend our time, our money, you know, our, our talents. And so we work primarily with college students, although we do some with corporate and other um, audiences, but it's been foundational for me. I, I started directing the Leadership Center and pretty quickly thereafter realized that I needed more training. And so I went uh, to Leadership as a staff member and have been involved ever since for the last 20 years. And so I've had an opportunity to connect with students all over the country and throughout Canada. And that's where Ivan and I met and uh, had an opportunity to uh, spend a week with him and learn about some of the things that he's passionate about and the values that, that guide his work. And uh, so leadership.org, uh, if you're interested, you can learn more about some of the programs and the ways you can connect. But one of the things that I really love about leadership is a concept called a healthy disregard for the impossible. And when I think about your podcast, Ivan, and Limitless, and really thinking about how do we live a life that doesn't have so many limits, and that connects so well with Leadership's teaching, um, that healthy disregard for the impossible, we can do anything. And I really believe that. Um, I've seen that throughout my life, that when, when good people get together, work towards a common vision, they're not really worried about who gets the credit, you don't get caught up in all the 
politics or the the nuances of getting things done, but just really dreaming and visioning and and then making things happen. And, and that's a big part of what drives me as a person. And so leadership's been a really great opportunity for me to to learn that kind of thinking and then be able to apply it. Thinking of anyone can be a leader if they understand their values and and they have in their leadership those values and influence, like you said, that's your vision. Yeah, that's right. I think you know throughout history there have been limits on who has access to be a leader. Um, that says nothing about who has the potential. And thankfully, we're starting to use what I think are more um, robust and more accurate uh, definitions of leadership, that it's really not about any personal characteristics necessarily. And it's not the loudest person in the room or the most charismatic person in the room, but really the people that have the ideas and the vision to make things better. Um, and we're starting to see now more opportunities for, for people that identify in different ways. And it's not something that's gendered or based on a particular race as much as it is the ideas and the, the vision to kind of shape um, uh, the future. And that's what's really exciting to me as a leadership educator. You went to get master's degree in higher education and administration. Yes, you weren't sure what you wanted to do after or how did that come about getting a master's degree? Yeah, it's an interesting story because as I mentioned, I was a first generation college student. And so in much of the same way, when I was starting to graduate from college, I had no concept that I could continue on and get another degree. It just really wasn't uh, anything in my, no one in my family had done that. I didn't know of those opportunities. I started to uh, interview for jobs and I wasn't finding a lot of success in those jobs. And I was really discouraged because I thought I had done all the right things in college. I'd studied hard. I was involved in a variety of leadership opportunities and yet I still wasn't getting the second interviews. So I went to my mentor and I asked her for feedback and she had a lot of insight at that time and someone I really respect and love. And she, um, she said, well, why don't you call the interviewer and get some feedback? And so I called the interviewer and asked you know, about my interview and, and how he thought it went. And he said, well, you had a great interview. So I was a little confused because I wasn't offered a second interview. <laughs> and so I, I asked again, I said, well, if I had a great interview, I'm just curious as to why I didn't receive a second interview. And he said, um, something that's changed my life in a lot of ways. He said, no, you would, you would do fantastic at this job. It was a management position. He said, but we could tell you weren't passionate about this work and you would likely come and work for us for about six months and then you'd move on to something else. And my, my first reaction was, did he just say I was a quitter? Um, but when I really truly listened to what he was saying, it was clear that that wasn't a good fit for me. So I went back to my mentor and I said, told her about the conversation we had. And I think she kind of knew that that was the response that I would get. So her, her question to me again, like I said, has changed my life throughout my career because she said, what are you passionate about? And that very question caused me to think more about the experiences that I had as a resident assistant and RA on campus, you know, working in the residence halls and working in the campus activities office. And those were the things that I knew I was good at uh, providing opportunities for students to learn and creating community and having vision to get things done. And that's what I did when I was a student in college. And she said, well, well then why don't you go and get a degree so that you can work in a university setting? And that really set me on the path to 
the rest of my career because I've worked at universities, college universities, my whole career. And that one conversation, well, really two with the recruiter and then with the, my mentor has provided opportunities for me that I never really even imagined could happen. It's like going back to reflecting and <laughs> how I kind of hated it at the time, <laughs> uh, that leadership. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's times in our lives where we, we're at a kind of a crossroads and we're not real sure. And those can be stressful times. And um, I think from my experience, what I've learned is that we have to not take ourselves so seriously. We have to be open to reflecting. And then certainly the role of mentors has been critical throughout my life. And um, that, that mentor had, like I said, set me off on a path that really allowed me to fulfill what I think is, you know, my purpose. And that's to be an educator, to be a, a university administrator. How important would you say having a mentor is for those who are trying to find a mentor or who need a mentor? I think it's critical. Um, I've been blessed throughout my life. I mean, like I said, I had a really good uh, family life and upbringing. And so my parents were my earliest mentors and can, you know, continue in those roles. But to be able to have mentors at every stage of my life uh, is critical. And I, I'm aware that, you know, some folks don't have that. And that really limits opportunities. Um, my mentors have challenged me to think differently, to, to broaden my worldview. Um, they provided support when I needed that. Uh, so mentors are, are critical. And I think um, that's why I tried to be a mentor um, for as many people as I can, because I know that the mentors in my life have shaped me and provided opportunities. And I think one of the misconceptions too about mentors is that they're going to they're gonna tell you what to do. I think a good mentor puts in front of you the questions that you need to ask yourself. And my mentor, Lisa in college, the one that was instrumental for me, she didn't tell me what to do. She just asked me questions. And when she was asking me the right questions, it was causing me to reflect and come to the answers on my own. And that's what I think a good mentor can do. What would you say to our listeners if you would provide any tips or advice when it comes to finding that career or just tips that you have learned throughout your life you would like to share? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Ivan. I, you know, one of the things that I say quite a bit to my students and to others that I talk to is so much of the, of the educational system is really rooted in trying to pick a major that will lead to a, a career that you'll spend the rest of your life doing. And my experience has been that that's really the wrong question. Um, very few of us work in the same career um, our whole life. Um, many of us don't work in the same career that we were trained in, whether it be through formal education, whether it be through technical training, certifications, the military, whatever. And so I think we put the emphasis sometimes on the wrong things. I tell my students to not lose sleep at night about what their major is gonna be in college, because I think that means so, has such a small impact on the future of their life. Um, I said, if you really wanna lose sleep, lose sleep over thinking about what it is that you value. What are the things that are most important to you? Because those values will help shape, again, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, uh, where you wanna work, um, the people that you spend your time with, and to me, those are more important questions. Now, at the end of the day, we know that having a job and being employable is important, but I think if you're approaching it through that values lens rather than a major's lens, 
you're developing the skills and, and putting yourself out there to have experiences that'll open up doors for you. And, and that's uh, something I've seen throughout my life. Um, so I think the other thing is having perspective. And sometimes that's, that only comes with, with experience. Um, but I've learned throughout my life that things that I thought were so absolutely critical, maybe turn out in, in reflection and hindsight not to be so. Um, and so having a sense of humor is critically important. If you can't smile, you can't laugh. Uh, I, I'll use a quote from um, Jim Balvano, and many of your listeners may not know of uh, Jim Balvano, but he was a, a pretty um, inspirational basketball coach throughout his career. And he was a basketball coach at the university that I work at, North Carolina State University. I never met him personally. Unfortunately, he, he died of cancer uh, before I got to the university, but his legacy is so strong not only on our campus, but really throughout the world. And he, he said that, you know, if you have a day where you, you think a little bit, you cry a little bit, and um, you, you've had emotion, then that's a really good day. And, you know, it, and so for me, again, that sense of humor to be able to laugh, to be in touch with your emotions, um, those are things that, to me, make a good life. And I take that from, from Jimmy V's um, kind of leadership legacy that, that he really invites us to think about that's what life is all about. It says nothing about how much money we have or what the title we have for our job, but really how do we live our life? How do we experience that? And how do we relate to other people? And those are tips for me that, that have served me well. The opportunities will come, you know, if you're working hard and you're putting yourself in those opportunities to have new experiences. Um, so laugh a little, cry a little, um, you know, that's a good day. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's amazing. Um, anyways, we can contact our audience. Can Listeners can contact you. Is there any way to hear about your story or anything like that? You know, it's interesting that you say that. I'm, I'm in the process right now of uh, writing a book. And um, so it's not out just yet. Um, and I don't think I told you that yet, Ivan. So um but that may be one way, but, but right now, like I said, I, I do a lot of uh, keynote addresses and training on leadership and related topics. Um, I try to write a little bit just in thought pieces and trying to provoke and discuss, you know, discussion. One of my, one of my big concerns is that in society, it, it seems as though we're, we're forced many times to think that the world is dualistic. And what I mean by that is that you have to choose between the left and the right, the good and the bad. The, there's only two choices. And I, I've experienced life in a far more complex way. And so I really try to, to write about you know, getting us to think about um, the, li the life we want to have, the world we have, the choices we make, the impact that those choices have on others, but not being forced into one of two categories. So I'm hopeful that through my writing that can challenge us to think a little bit deeper um, about some of that stuff. So um, maybe, maybe shortly I'll, there'll be another way to connect, but, uh, nice. but uh, I look forward to any, any outreaches. I'm looking forward to it. Um, thank you so much for coming on my show. It was so wonderful catching up after all these years. Really yeah, I, well, I appreciate the opportunity, Ivan, and I encourage your listeners to keep listening because I think uh, you're doing a great job with the podcast and Again, I just love your eyes, your your mindset of being limitless. I think uh, if many of us 
approached life in that way, uh, things could be very different in our world. So I appreciate your, your leading that way for all of us. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take good care. Thank you for listening to episode 22, The Importance of Having a Mentor with Mike Ginkola. I hope I was able to inspire and motivate you guys in your journey of having a limitless mindset. I've created a unique link in the description below. Let me know what resonated with you guys. And please help me spread the message across by tagging me on your Instagram stories at Limitless Ivan or Limitless Yvonne. L-I-M-I-T-L-E-S-S underscore I-V-A-N. Thank you guys for always supporting and being there for me every week. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And remember, stay limitless. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much.